Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? You know, would it have killed me to tape like two more seconds of that song playing in the intro? I mean, I got that song from like some free repository of songs on, I don't even remember where, some fucking website. And then I just like deleted it forever. <laughs> so that will be the theme song of my podcast for the next 25 years or until my death, which may be in about three or four days. Who knows? Who's to say I'm going to Austin, Texas on Friday. I kind of don't want to be in Manhattan where my apartment is during the uh, election. <laughs> a little scared. A little bit. A little bit iffy. I think they're uh, activating all of the NYPD starting today or tomorrow. Today's like Tuesday. Anyways, I'm sure uh, things will be fine overall, but uh, it's a good chance to go down and visit my buddy who's got this sick house on a lake there and we're good friends. So I don't know why I'm sharing that information, but that is the case. But uh, yeah, so anyways, thank you for listening to Storytime. I, I enjoy, I appreciate you guys listening to this shit because I mean, obviously it's just me talking, but it gets like 75, 80% of the listeners or downloads that the regular interviews do. And hopefully I'm making it entertaining. I mean, who's to say? My neighbors probably wish I would stop recording permanently, especially at 1135 at night. But hey, I like to record late at night, okay? I don't know about you guys. I just feel better from like 10 p.m. to like 1 a.m. That's when I feel at my peak. Like in the morning, it's just like, oh God, why, why is society, why is society here? Must I get out of bed? You ever like, never mind. I was going to do a uh, small bummer, but it's already been done. I'm really excited about the series of small bummers <laughs> segment that I've, that we've added to the, we, that I've added to the podcast. Um, I don't know if you guys listen on Wednesday, but Tom McCaffrey and I did it. We debuted the segment. He had like five just in a row, just off the top of his head. And one of them had just had me fucking rolling, man. But it's funny to think about small bummers. Oh, man. Email me a small bummer. <laughs> Danny Palmer comedy at gmail.com. Again, Danny, nobody cares. All right. So I've made an agreement with myself. I like to talk about feedback on the pod. But if it's just, you know, it's just my podcast, the Danny Palmer show. So I feel like, you know, I can't just like read vain feedback. So I'm not going to do that. But I did want to give a bit of feedback that somebody sent me. Um, Because I was like, is it too vain to just have my own podcast, you know? And uh, this friend of mine, she had been listening to some of the older episodes when it was just space. What the fuck, dude, with me and Zach. She goes, the pod is definitely not too vain. You have a great perspective and your hilarity is intelligent. It's refreshing. Just don't apologize or say JK anymore when you crack a joke about or to Zach. Let him be butthurt. It's really good. <laughs> uh, it's fun when Zach and I insult each other. Um, Zach and I hung out last, last weekend and had a nice talk. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to resume doing some space. What the fuck, dude? Episodes. But I don't know how to exactly finagle that because if it's called the Danny Palmer show, obviously there's nothing in it for Zach and... Uh, you know, we'll figure that out, but hopefully that'll be something in the future. Whoa, what a sneak preview of nothingness, Danny. Um, okay, so there's that. And then, oh, my uh, my friend Terrell, he's been listening to the story time. And I think if you've listened to most of these, you recognize my dilemma of I get to about 17 minutes and then it's like, uh, I don't have content to get to 20. So <laughs> he said, he sent me a picture of the, 
latest episode about um, hot lady in a Camaro saves my life during a high speed chase. And he underlined, he sent this over Facebook messenger cause he's in, I think Buenos Aires, Argentina. And uh, he underlined the time of the podcast and it was 17 minutes and 35 seconds. And he goes, what's up with this half ass 17 minutes and 35 second bullshit. You owe me two minutes and 30 seconds of meandering semi coherent filler. <laughs> Maybe I'll change the name of my podcast to that. Wouldn't that be fun? meandering semi-coherent filler guys i mean now i want to start a separate podcast called semi meandering semi-coherent filler i just have like 16 channels in this podcast a series of small bummers could be the number one it just takes over i'm like man i thought space would be the most fun topic nope series of small bummers <laughs> and then look out <laughs> keep an eye out for meandering semi-coherent filler guys bringing up the old rear um I'm watching the uh, World Series. The Dodgers just won the World Series. I like the Dodgers. I, uh, But I grew up in Tampa, so I was rooting for them. But the only reason I bring that up, I know it could be boring, is that I used to... I love Vin Scully. He used to be the Dodgers announcer. The guy's got the greatest voice. The Dodgers. I can't do it. But, uh, you know, as a night owl on the East Coast, uh, I would often listen to Vin Scully broadcasting the Dodgers games. And I don't know. I just like... I like the Dodgers. Okay. I'm an Indians fan through and through, but I like the Dodgers. I will now move on to something more interesting. Okay. <clears throat> um, so this is a story about, oh boy. Sorry. When I was in, when I graduated college, I moved to Cleveland and that first year out of school was probably the worst of my life. <laughs> I mean, it was just a difficult time. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was fortunate to, my parents were kind enough to let me move in with them, move back in with them because I was in Macon, Georgia for college. And then my whole family moved from Tampa to Cleveland, um, back to Cleveland when I graduated from college that year. So, you know, I was just trying to figure out my life and who I was and what I wanted to do. And my whole family was moving to a new place. And I, by my first job that I got, I think it was my first job was at, uh, no, actually I waited tables in Canton, but after that I got a job at, uh, Bob Evans. <laughs> I got a job as a manager, at the Solon Bob Evans. Solon is an inner suburb, suburb of Cleveland. And uh, that was kind of fun. I mean, I was only there for like a month. I think I quit because I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. But um, I was going to be, a, a, I was like a manager in training. And you have to like do all the stations to learn it to become a manager. So I like started hosting and then I uh, waited tables and the main thing I remember is I had a crush on this waitress. I can't remember her name. I feel bad. Maybe it was April. Um, but she was really cute. And I just remember like as a manager, quote unquote, <laughs> you can, you know, eat free food, but you have to go tell, ask a waitress to, um, or a waitress or a waiter to put in your order. And I just would always feel so embarrassed to do that in front of this, um, or, you know, to ask this waitress to put in my order. Cause she was like hot and I was afraid of her. And I'd be like, um, April, can I please get a hot turkey sandwich? And she'd be like, okay. And I, and in my head, I was like, you know, ready to collapse mentally <laughs> because I didn't want to bother her. <laughs> and I was in love with her. And I don't think she really knew or care about either of those things. One time I took the trash out in the back and a bird shit on me. And the manager of the place, the GM, I think his name was Eric. He was just like, dude, what are you doing? Brand new employee getting shit on. It's not good luck, by the way. It's just a real shitty experience. Who thinks that getting shit on by a bird is good luck, dude? That's just wishful thinking. You wish that that was good luck. 
you fucking luck people. Dude, obviously there's no such thing as luck, you know? But I say that up, I guess I'm a little bit super... Dude, superstitions are stupid, unless you're just having fun with them. Okay, Danny, I don't... What's going on? Quick pause, quick mental pause, Danny. Self-evaluate. I don't think that any of the thing that you just said in the past minute is of remote interest to the audience. No one cares about your opinion on on superstitions, bro. Just get to the fucking story. So the story is that um, after Bob Evans, I thought, you know, I want to do, I wanted to do like marriage and family therapy and get involved in like counseling. So I looked in the paper. It's way back in the day, dude. It's like the fucking nineties. And uh, I saw this ad for a residential adolescent treatment facility in Cumberland, Maryland. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. You know, dealing with teens and stuff. So the interview, I don't really understand how this happened. And I tried to find the name of the place online tonight. It might be Newcastle or something. I don't know. I I don't think that it exists anymore. And maybe with good reason. (laughs) I'm not trying to blow up that adolescent residential treatment facility spot. But I don't know, man. It was a bit unusual. So the interview... I almost feel like they duped me a little bit because maybe not, but I think they kind of did actually. So the interview was in this like nice hotel, nice. It was like a, probably like a Hilton garden Inn or something. And, um, it was an Akron. So I drove down and the guy had, uh, or the, you know, the person who was doing the hiring had rented out a small conference room, which is where the interview took place. And he spent the first 10 minutes of the interview asking me about my childhood and my family and made me feel uh, embraced and and that it was just a, you know, like a real in-depth human conversation rather than this like stayed cold interview process. So I was like, man, this guy gets it. This guy gets me. Um, I want to help people. I want to do therapy and counseling. This could be a great opportunity. I had planned to move to Cleveland, but um, I mean, I was in Cleveland. I'd moved to Cleveland. I planned to stay there. But then I thought maybe just suddenly going to fucking Cumberland, Maryland would be a dope opportunity. And I don't know where the fuck Cumberland, Mar- I've never been to Maryland before. I don't think. Unless I like drove through or some shit. Y'all been to fucking Maryland, dude? Maryland's a weird state, you know? Like DC makes sense. Like that's a place where you go. Virginia, got it. Maryland, what's going on there? <laughs> My friend Walker is from Baltimore. And uh, I've never really been. Anyways, who cares? The wire's great. All right. So then I drove down to Cumberland, Maryland. I remember that what they offered me the job and they told me that, you know, it's an outdoor residential treatment facility. So I should bring a sleeping bag that is warm enough to 32 degrees. I guess there's, I don't know, like temperature codes. I don't even know what the fucking term is, but sleeping bags have grades based on temperature. So I was like, okay, I guess we'll be, you know, camping out sometimes. And, uh, you know, it's maybe it's on, it's in this rural area. That's cool. Uh, sure. I can camp occasionally. Why not? So I got my 32 degree sleeping bag. I packed up my stuff. I drove down to Cumberland, Maryland. I entered the building. (laughs) I said, Hey, I'm Danny Palmer. I think it's my first day. And, uh, they were very nice. They introduced me to, uh, one of the counselors and then, it's kind of fuzzy, but there there were basically two guys that were counselors, and one of them kind of took me under his wing and walked me um, to see the camp. So we walked out back, and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I met some of the uh, adolescent, the teens that were there. Uh, you know, they're nice to see normal. So we walked behind the main administration building or whatever the fuck it's called, and then uh, showed me around, and there were 
um, recreation places, I think. And then there were some like woods and then there were tents in the woods. And I said, so what do you guys, do you guys camp sometimes out in these tents? And they were like, no, 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 no. We, we live here in the tents that were outside. <laughs> like tents often are. <laughs> I was like, wait, so the, the students, the, the troubled teens, the, they're they're bad, right? They're the bad kids, quote unquote. So they're the ones being punished and they have to sleep in these tents and then we sleep inside. They're like, no, 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 you sleep in the tent with the teens. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I, they mentioned that it was an outdoor residential treatment facility. They did not, however, tell me that you sleep outside every fucking night with the teens. So I was like, what the fuck, dude? And then we had to shower and I'm like naked in front of these troubled teens. Like, what? I don't like this at all. I mean, some of the teens have bigger dicks. I don't want I, I don't want to be. <laughs> I told my friends in grad school about this at Case Western. Oh, man, they made them die laughing. Um, just that scenario. So I don't know. So now I'm like, well, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? So we and then they were like. So I think the first night, you know, we like they have. Oh, also, I remember this now. They had these rules. So like the the day is very structured. But if there is an issue between two of the campers um, or the I don't know what you call them, the program attendees, the teens, then they sit around in a circle and they work through the issue um, until the issue is resolved. And if the issue if it takes a long time for the issue to be resolved, the the other activities are all canceled, including showering. So I, the counselor, could not shower all day and have to sleep outside in a tent, which is basically punishing me if the teens didn't get along and couldn't resolve it. Like, did you guys want to run that by me, maybe? So now I have an emotional stake in this argument resolution so that I can clean my outdoor laden body outdoor filthy body outdoor laden body um so that was unusual and then i don't know there's another thing my friends would, would tease me about but like when i would recount this story later to them in cleveland is that they would brush their teeth and then just spit it out onto the ground i'm like can we not get a fucking sink can we get a hose like we're just spitting our toothpaste onto the ground uh, what like nobody explained this to me clearly and maybe the onus should have been upon me to get more detail but i don't fucking know dude i'm fucking 22 i answered answered an ad in the paper and i drove to cumberland maryland <laughs> maybe it's some more of this is no actually i don't think the onus was on me to f- fucking figure that out i think if you're going to interview somebody in cleveland ohio if you're going to other states to recruit counselors you should give them a clear sense of what they're getting into b- before they drive out there. I don't know. Maybe I'm blowing up some camp's spot in Maryland, but I can't find it anymore. And like I said, maybe with good reason. So um, so then I spent the night, uh, the first night, and one of the counselors in his defense was pretty um, understanding of my situation. He's like, look, I know you probably didn't know that we sleep outside, but you know, he tried to like make me feel at ease and, and was, um, was nice about it. So, and, oh, I, now more of this is coming back to me. Okay. So the first night we went into town 
and ate dinner at a restaurant and also went to a Kmart or a Target. I think it was a Target so that the kids could buy uh, supplies for like daily toiletries and things like that. So that was the very first night I arrived was a night that they went into town. They, so I'm like, Hey, this isn't so bad. I got to go into town on a bus with some fairly cool people and it's a new exciting experience. Well, guess what, Danny, the going into town nights are only once a month. So that wouldn't have happened again for 30 more days. So this, you know, quote unquote, nice experience that I had where I think I get a free dinner will not be repeated for a very long time. And then we're, we're riding on this bus into town and I'm talking to these kids and they are just completely obsessed with one <laughs> rule of the camp. And that is if the temperature gets to be, wait for this number. Wait a minute. Is it 10 or 20? I think it was 20. If the temperature gets to be 20 degrees or below, then they can sleep inside. But if it's above 20 degrees, they have to sleep outside. So these kids became borderline certified meteorologists. They they were they would show me they're on the internet all the time, just begging, pleading, wishing, hoping, dreaming for 20 degree weather or below. Can you imagine it goes down to 22, 21 degrees and it and it doesn't hit 20 and you're sleeping outside? Like, can we revise this number, this temperature a little bit higher, guys? How about 45? Good Lord. And also, that, 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 seem, that seems like a punishment for teens, right? Oh, well, you were bad in normal society, so we're sending you to this camp, and now you have to go inside if it gets to below 20. Well, guess what? I'm not a fucking troubled teen. <laughs> I'm a troubled college grad that's 22 and doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. <laughs> I guess this camp is for me, too. So... Anyways, we go into town the first night. It's nice. We come back and now we have to sleep outside in this camp and you have to like make up your, I'm sorry, in this tent and with like cots and you have to make up your bed and it's like the military. You have to have tuck in the corners on your cot. I don't know how to fucking do that. I don't even, I'm in my fucking mid forties. I'm looking at my bed in my apartment. I don't know how to make that correctly. Much less the military precision bed making that is required in the military. And apparently also this fucking teen camp in Cumberland fucking Maryland, dude. What the fuck? So anyways, by the way, approaching 20 minutes, not doing any filler thus far. Fuck you, Terrell Yelverton and Buenos Aires, Argentina, or the fuck you are. Sorry I said your full name. No, I'm not. Just kidding. We're friends. All right. So I wait. So this is how I guess I did sleep fairly well because I was probably exhausted from driving down to Cumberland, Maryland from Cleveland, Ohio the first night. So all of a sudden, like 6 a.m., I just hear this man screaming in my ear and he's like, Mr. Palmer, Mr. Palmer, wake up, Mr. Palmer. And I'm like, oh, fuck, who the fuck is Mr. Palmer? My dad's a teacher. I'm used to people calling him Mr. Palmer. And then I realize, oh, he's talking to me. I'm Mr. Palmer. So I like, you know, bolt out of bed and I make the bed and I do it wrong. And and then, you know, so, and then at that, that, so that day, I think I did the morning activities. I guess we were allowed to shower because there weren't any arguments that were unsolvable. <laughs> what the fuck? So, uh. So then I had to go into town to get a physical that day, uh, I guess. Well, shouldn't I have had to do that before I went? Anyways, so I go into town and I called my parents and I talked to my mom and uh, I, 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 th- I think I took one of the camp vans to go take the physical and I just thought to myself, this, this is not for me. 
I don't, I don't want to be, and this was in like September, I think like it was starting to get cold in Maryland. I'm pretty sure that Cumberland is in the mountains. I, I seem to vaguely recall some, I don't know what the fucking topography of Cumberland, Maryland is. And if that's what you guys are expecting from this podcast, you are in for a big surprise and sorely missing. So anyways, I, um, I called my mom and you know, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can do this mom. And I explained everything I just told you guys and you know, out sleeping outside, you spit your toothpaste on the ground. You're naked with these kids uh, in the showers and uh, they're, they're yelling at you to make your bed at 6am and it's freezing and what the fuck. So I, um, my mom was like, you know what, to my parents credit, they were very, very understanding. I was like, I don't think I can do this. I was like, I, I, I got to come home. So I, <laughs> I just remember driving back to the camp with the, my tail between my legs. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was a two day, <laughs> two day turnaround because I drove down, spent the night one night and then drove back the second day because I knew I was like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to like, what do you call it? Like slog this out and kind of grin and bear it for a week or two. Like I knew, I knew this is not for me, especially as with winter coming. You know, I grew up in Florida. I went to college in Georgia. I'm not going to fucking be outside in the mountains in Maryland for, you know, low pay. I mean, I forget what they paid. It couldn't have been more than like 30 K. So anyways, um, you know, I just, I went back in to the camp and to the main building and I, kind of pulled aside the guy who, sorry, the counselor who I had somewhat befriended over the course of a day, even though it wasn't a lot of time, I did feel that I knew him. And I said, Hey man, uh, I don't, I don't think I can do this, man. I'm, I'm, I feel terrible that I, you know, drove down here and you guys hired me and put the effort into training me in this past day. But I, I don't think this is, this isn't for me and I'm really sorry. And he was to his credit, very cool about it. He's like, look, man, I get it. He's like, I, I think people, I'm sure I'm not the first fucking counselor to go down there and, and see that this isn't a fucking indoor job. <laughs> so I, uh, that, that's the story, man. Then I drove back home to Cleveland and my, told my parents the whole story. And that, you know, it was, it was one of the shining moments of my, my parents, um, career in being parents, you know, they, I told them the whole story and they said, look, Danny, we understand, uh, how would you have known that it was like that? We love you. We support you. You can stay with us as long as you need to, uh, to find the right thing that you want to do, the job that you want to do. And Hey, I know a lot of people don't have that level of support and my parents have married my whole adult life. And I know a lot of people don't have that. And I'm very grateful for that and grateful to them for how they handled it. Um, so yeah, then that, then I got a job at, uh, at a child abuse, uh, agency in Joggo County, which is a, the county just east of Cuyahoga County in Cleveland did that for like five or six months. And then I ended up um, going to grad school at Case Western. But anyways, um, you know, that was a, definitely a, one of the most insane stories of my life. I'm not sure why anybody would want to hear that except me. No, I mean, it's pretty interesting, right? That's kind of crazy. Um, but anyways, thank you for tuning in to story time. You fucking chance. Uh, I'm excited about the episodes coming up. Um, we've got Gibran Salim on deck. Um, I'm hoping to talk to Monroe Martin some really funny, interesting people with great life stories and a series of small bombers. You guys is here to fucking stay. Uh, thank you for tuning in to wow, 23 minutes and 24 took what, what a performance by Palmer on the solo story, solo story time app, dude. All right. I don't know what to say. I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. You fucking chance. Come John. John. Mm-hmm.